Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I still don't want any candy that's offered to me by Eddie Guerrero. Hey! He, you can trust the Guerrero. We, we I, know this. I feel like everything we've seen thus far means I very much can't trust a Guerrero. Like, it's the whole point of the Guerrero family. Dude, imagine fucking staking your entire family identity, even in kayfabe, on just, yeah, we're all evil pieces of shit. Waka waka. <laughs> so fucking wild to me. They've just all adopted that. Like, they're just all in on, yeah, we're all assholes. Fuck you. It's pretty great. But yes, tonight, we are returning to to uh, SmackDown 2005 to continue our story arc of Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, uh, eventually for the custody of Dominic. I, yeah, shit's, I still can't believe we're doing this arc. It makes me so happy. I've been looking forward to coming back to this for a while. Uh, but also, holy shit, Eddie Guerrero is a creepy bastard. Yup. So we we are doing the July 14th, 2005 episode. Last time was the June 30th, 2005 episode. So there has been a week in between uh, the infamous July 7th, 2005 episode of SmackDown, ah. which I'll get to. <clears throat> Man, so, I wonder why it's so infamous. Yeah, if you did not watch our last, we talked about it our last episode with uh, episode 73 uh, talking about uh, the Ju July 7th episode, but I will, of course, be happy to reiterate here. So what happened on July 7th? Uh, well, first of all, we kind of opened the show with a JBL promo because JBL is coming out to complain that after wrestling for an hour last week for the world title at the last minute, Teddy, Teddy Long was like, ha, holla, holla, playa. Actually, that wasn't for the world title at all because we hey. have Batista now. Hey, guess what? Guess what, JBL? Too fucking bad. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Go keep crying about it. But he's now sworn at SummerSlam. He's going to beat Batista or whatever. Sure. Uh, however, however uh, outcomes, it, to interrupt him, outcomes, uh, and I, I have to explain so much backstory to, under, to get this segment to understand, but let's go ahead and go into it, is his limo comes out, and he's like, what? Why? And out comes the Blue World Order. <laughs> Blue World Order? Wait, yeah, fuck, right. this is a thing, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, so the Blue World Order was basically ECW doing a parody of the New World Order. And we're running ECW angles on WWE right. in 2005 because they would have just recently been bought up, right? Yeah, okay, so. Uh, I'll first I'll first start with the Blue World Order before we get okay. to the everything else. Is as I said, the Blue World Order uh, was Stevie Richards, uh, the Blue Meanie, and Nova as uh, the Blue Guy Scott Hall. He was a parody of Scott Hall, Big Stevie Cool parodying Kevin Nash, and Hollywood Nova parodying Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, right. Uh, 
they were a stupidly popular group in ECW. Every they did other parody work as well. I think that I think I see them do like DX parodies, but everybody really just liked them for the NWO shtick. Okay, sure. Okay, wait. This is trippy to me because I I think I've seen Blue World Order shirts, and I just thought they were like either a meme or like just a blue variant because why not or like some kind of i like i didn't think it was an actual thing i just thought it was yeah what the fuck well you could argue it's def it's a meme before me okay well yes like i thought it was like some fan created thing Mm -hmm. or like you know someone like not even like a giant like fan created thing like someone just made some custom (laughs) shirts and people bought them up because why why not i didn't think it was like an actual faction that was ever on TV, regardless of how serious the the the, the faction was meant to be taken. Yeah, uh, it basically existed from '96. They got in July '96 uh, was when they they got in right when that happened. Very topical. Oh, oh and my god! They kept going until 1998 when uh, the Blue Meanie got a job at WWE. So if you watch early 99 WWE, he's in there. And okay. so that kind of that kind of basically put the group apart. But uh, in 05, when ECW got back, all the wrestlers are under the WWE employee now. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, WWE ran One Night Stand 2005, a one-off pay-per-view that's basically an ECW love letter. And of course, uh, it's called One Night Stand. God damn it! Yeah, hey, they went to the back to the ECW arena in Philadelphia. Paul oh. Heyman ran the show. They had as they brought back as many ECW alumni as they could get their hands on to oh, be shit. in the show. Um, in kayfabe, Paul Heyman basically hijacked the WWF for a weekend and was like, "Oh, okay. run the show!" And he brings the Raw and SmackDown rosters to sit up in the balcony just so he can cut shoot promos on them and get the crowd to boo them. (laughs) Wait, wait. He got the the crowd to boo, like, the homegrown boys? Are you kidding me? The WWF guys. He got them to shit on the Raw and SmackDown guys because they're not ECW. So, So, wait a minute. This is basically Vince and company turning to the camera and saying, yeah, we know you like ECW better than our own guys. So this is like our consolation prize to you. Are you kidding me? That's Mm -hmm. fucking insane. Yeah, there's a lot of fun bits to this episode. And in fact, the DVD for One Night Stand has a special bonus live commentary from JBL. Like a commentary feed of JBL up whole night where he just shits on the whole show. Of course, of course. Like, but to be damn. fair, like to be fair, they got like the the WWE, the Raw and SmackDown guys were told to like bury ECW as best you can, like really sell the idea that these are these people hate each other. I mean, that's that's fair. It's just like fucking wild to me that like Paul Heyman successfully got a WWF crowd to boo WWF people. Well, it wasn't really a WWF crowd. It was very much more of an ECW crowd, and it had a lot of the same kind of energy oh, that it I had see. in an ECW crowd. I under, I understand now. Cool, cool, yeah. fair enough. 
the they ran this back in 2006 and it, they they made it more about a storyline to set up the new ECW TV show so they main evented with Rob Van Dam versus John Cena for the WWE title and John Cena has never been more hated in huh. any one night than when he and stepped the, into the ECW arena that's a bold claim cuz we've watched money in the bank 2011 no no because because Money in the Bank 2011 is filled with people who have some degree of decorum and decency. And that does not describe ECW crowds terribly well. Nah, so many fuck you, John Cena chants. I love it. Absolutely also, incredible. Also, I believe it was the birth of the infamous sign, if Cena wins, we riot. But only in the ECW. And that's been like copied before by because it was a, a famous sign. But I'll tell you this. I only ever, I very, uh, that night in EC in Philadelphia, I very much believe that could have happened if Cena had won that match. I absolutely agree with you. I feel like, I feel, I feel like the they would have burned the arena down. Easily would have been like lighting shit on fire if they saw Cena win. Yep. Thankfully, Rob Van Dam beat him for the title. So we don't oh, have to oh, worry about that. I'm, I've, I've, I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, but for 2005, it was basically just a whole, like, nostalgia trip was basically what was 05 was for. That's but it fun was enough, even if it's still kind of a it giant, was, like, fuck you. It was wildly successful, and but at the end of the show, they basically have, like, a WWF versus ECW brawl to end the show, and and JBL, for reasons I could not, in fact, figure out, he brains Blue Meanie in the chair with a steel chair for shoot skis and busts Blue Meanie open. What? Wait, for for real? Yeah. It what? He just laid him in with a chair shot, and I don't really know why. Maybe JL just feeling like an asshole that night. I mean, not a Wouldn't shock. Be a shock. Kind of guy who's feeling like an asshole twenty four seven. Yeah. So. And that became that is they're building off of that for this episode of SmackDown. They're building off of like you fucked on uh Blue Meanie at one night stand. Wait, they just let shit. JBL get away with it and just added it to the kayfabe? Yep. Why? Yep. Because wrestling, really? But what? what? Yeah. Okay, I mean, I guess. I guess I'm not shocked, but like I feel like Blue Meanie must have been pissed off about that. Yeah, closest I think JBL got to any payback is I think Stevie Richards uh, saw it happen and also and then started punching JBL for real as, as a as a as a receipt. But after, but yeah, they're at this now. It's just part of the kayfabe that uh, the JBL brutally attacked Blue Meanie for no real reason at Jesus one night stand. Christ. And so the Blue World Order want revenge. And so tonight, they're uh, on the July seventh episode. Excuse what I mean. Is mm -hmm. the Blue Meanie is has a one on one match with JBL. More on that to come. Okay. Yeah. So the ne the first match of the show is a number one contenders match for the United States title, where held by Orlando Jordan. As a reminder. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot was, about that. It was Chris Benoit versus Booker T, and Benoit won. Damn so it. it will be Chris Benoit versus Orlando Jordan for the U.S. title at Great American Bash, their next Woof. paper. Woof. Uh, 
Then we move on to the Blue Meanie versus JBL. Uh, the match, quickly, it's a no DQ match, and shit goes wild pretty quickly, actually. Uh, it ends when Orlando... The ending is basically Orlando Jordan tries to interfere and help JBL, okay. uh, but the Blue Meanie is able to get a hold of a steel chair, clock JBL in the face with the chair <laughs> as revenge, You'll love and to then it. and then Batista comes out because and spine busters JBL and then help and helps Blue Meanie pin JBL. So, so JBL gets double dicked on. He gets double dicked on. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Fuck yeah, that's my boy Batista right there. Hell yeah, yep. brother. Yeah. So the next match of the show is a tag team championship match. Uh, earlier in the show, we get a backstage segment where Eddie Guerrero is just sitting in the locker room looking off into the distance and Rey Mysterio comes in and is like, Hey man, it was not cool what you did last week. And Eddie Guerrero is like, I don't care. Uh, eat, shit, eat shit and die. But Eddie Guerrero explains that he has a tag title match tonight against Eminem and who better to be his partner than Rey Mysterio. I mean, Rey Mysterio's only beaten him five times this in a row. So who better to be my partner? And Eddie explains that, well, Rey, if you, you know, you could accept to be my partner, or of course, we could go out there tonight and we could talk about your little secret, or should I say, our little secret. Oh my and god! Uh, this is and this is what Ray convinces Ray to be his, Eddie's tag partner tonight. What? <laughs> this is so. I'm slightly confused here because why is Eddie entering into a tag match and why is he trying to drag Ray, who he fucking hates, along with him to a potential victory? I mean, I, I because for like for 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 vengeance reasons but well don't worry there is absolutely no chance of victory because relatively early into the match eddie guerrero just decides to leave and just go sit and watch ray mysterio get beaten down two on one and then when ray almost manages to win anyway eddie guerrero runs back into the ring and starts putting the boots to uh, to ray mysterio so he just literally gives up a chance of the gold just so he can dick on ray more are you yes what a petty asshole and this is again audience i remind all of you this is because he lost a few times to ray mysterio and he's mad about it in a fucking exhibition match no less they were friends mm -hmm. they were on a tag team and they had an exhibition match and eddie guerrero got really fucking salty that he lost and it's just been a downward spiral since then i you know eddie it's eddie as a character gets built up as this like ultimate sneaky badass but like Man, he's got kind of a fragile ego going for him. A little bit. Uh, but that is... So Eminem obviously retained their tag titles. But... Um, uh, that is... That is... What will Eddie make Ray do this week? Uh, well, I guess we'll find out. The, con the continued extortion of Ray Mysterio. Basically. Uh, the next match on this show was set to be Matt Morgan versus William Regal. So this is a good opportunity to bring this up is that okay. after the draft, there was a series, there was a big post draft trade that sent a lot of other wrestlers to raw and some wrestlers to SmackDown. 
okay. to to Raw, they from SmackDown, they sent Mark Jindrak, Renee Dupree, Danny Basham, Kenzo Suzuki, Hiroko Suzuki, and Chavo Guerrero. Uh, none of those except Chavo I care enough about to tell you about, but I, I have to tell you about Chavo because we talk about that, you know, and it, this is another instance of, oh shit, I can't believe this happened here because okay. on the July 4th episode of Raw was the debut of Kerwin White where Chavo Guerrero renounced his Hispanic heritage and did white face. Oh, and fuck this thing. Yep. And said, if it ain't white, it ain't right. I forgot about this. Yep. Fucking hell. July, the July 4th, 2005 Raw is where this would debut. And he would keep this gimmick until Eddie died. And then they were like, time to you. You can go back to being a Guerrero for Guerrero sympathy points. But, and this was the same episode as the the Muhammad Hassan Undertaker kidnapping, right? Same week. Same week. Same on week. Raw, on Raw, they did Kerwin White. On July 7th, on, on SmackDown, they do the Muhammad Hassan thing. You know, I'm noticing a bit of a troubling theme amongst 2005's 4th of July week. Holy episode. moly. What a bad, what a bad time. We are, we're definitely not promoting any kind of, like, white supremacy. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, as I said on SmackDown, they SmackDown got William Regal, Candice Michelle, Sylvain Grenier, Simon Dean, and Stevie Richards. I will not explain any of them. They don't really matter. You, I mean, I mean them, we, we, do love, we do love some B-Regs. Yeah, do, and we they were going to have a match. Matt Morgan and William Regal were going to have a match. But they were interrupted by the Mexicools. Oh no! To try to run down Regal in the lawnmower, and then they go of in the course. ring and beat up Matt Morgan, and then they basically cut another promo that's basically the same as last. The same week. thing. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Hold up. You said Thanks. something, and it kind of blew past me the first time you said it. But I need to circle back and wrap my head around this. So they did a giant post draft trade yeah so they basically did a draft two a little bit you could argue it's kind of like just another part of the draft yes what what oh my god what, what why why what is the purpose we just did a whole fucking draft why do we do more draft but not call it a draft because we wanted to do more draft, but we can't call it draft anymore. Just, we are just make on. the draft bigger. This doesn't seem like it's that hard. You'd think, but apparently it is. So sorry Christ. about that. Uh, so the Mexicals now more explained. They don't care what ethnicity you are. They're gonna they're gonna kick ass. They're gonna kick your ass. And uh, they are not Mexicans. They are Mexicals. Uh huh. Good times. Uh, Very cool. The then we get uh, oh brother, here we are. Uh, the Undertaker versus Davari. So yep. earlier in the show, Davari and Hassan go to Theodore Long's office to complain that they are not in a number one content. That they are not, you know, contenders for the WWE Championship. I misspoke earlier. JBL and Batista are going to fight at the Great American Bash. Yes. Uh, so after that, not SummerSlam. After that, Hassan is complaining that he is not next in line after that match, after the Great American Bash. 
And Theodore Long is like, sorry, player, you're going to have to earn it. So tonight, uh, so at the Great American Bash, you can have a number, your your match with The Undertaker will be a number one contenders match for the WWE okay. Championship. Okay. And he explains that if you're itching for a fight tonight, well, Davari, you can have a match, but you go one-on-one with The Undertaker. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And so later in the locker room, Davari is freaking out. And Hassan tries to calm him down and explain that he gets it. It's going to be tough. But tonight, you are a sacrifice for the greater good. And, do, and then he whispers something in Davari's ear to calm him down. And we'll pay that off later. Are so, they, is, is, is Muhammad Hassan out here fucking offering Davari 72 virgins or whatever? <laughs> the, I think he offered the wrestling equivalent. We'll get there. Oh, God. So, we get to the match. It's a squash match, as you'd expect. As I'd expect. But after the match, Devar Hassan is just kind of happy, is just smiling and laughing. And then out comes five dudes dressed in all black with, like, the ski mask on and the camo pants. And they all come through a beat down of The Undertaker. And one of them pulls out copper wire and chokes out the Undertaker with the copper wire. They just kind of hang out, sit on that camera-wise for a while. Uh, on on the side of the Undertaker getting choked with copper wire? Yep. Ah, uh, yes. And Very... then after, and then after that, necessary. Hassan comes into the ring, stands over the Undertaker, yells, Praise Allah! Puts Undertaker in the camel clutch, and then after, and then leaves the dead man, well, dead, in the ring, and then they all grab Hassan uh, Davari, excuse me, and the masked men carry Davari like Christ post style, and you got Taz on commentary talking about Davari being some kind of martyr. Oh, that, I'm sure that was riveting to hear Taz talk about the complexities of, like, Islamic extremist faith. Right. So, this is all, as we've talked about, the Muhammad Hassan character that was originally created to be a commentary on, that was originally a commentary on uh, racism, against, unfair prejudices against Muslim and Arabic people in America in a post-9-11 world. Now does an angle where they, he has a bunch of masked men meant to evoke terror, Islamic terrorists. Uh, our favorite kind of character trope, the one who's sympathetic and objectively right, but then he takes it too far, and so he's a bad guy. And the character might have survived this. It would have just been yet another racially insensitive character. However... Mm-hmm. This story beat air was not filmed on July 7th, 2005. Smackdown mm-hmm. was a taped show, but it aired on July 7th. Mm-hmm. July 7th was the same day as the London terrorist bombings, uh, which I, which in, uh, on the seven, seven bombings. And 
WWE put a warning before the show that some imagery seen on this show may be considered uh, sensitive, mm-hmm. but they did not, but they still aired the segment and UPN at the time told them to cut, shut, uh, shut that shit down right now. Yup. Yep. And nobody and so, got punished for it except Muhammad Hassan's nope, career. Nope. They, he will never be seen again on TV. They do the match at the Great American Bash where the Undertaker squashes him and then throws and then chokes lands him through a stage and we never see him again and we never talk about him again. Absolutely incredible. Because really it was his fault at the end of the day that like all this went down like this. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I hope he's very. I hope he's very fulfilled as a, as a school principal these days. Yeah, no, that's kind of a dope. That's kind of a, I, I'm like unironically happy for him. That's like wholesome content. I hope Muhammad Hassan is having a great time <sighs> teaching. Yeah, but that's this this thus ends the era of Muhammad Hassan, and it's the kind of I honestly almost wanted to do this episode for this arc, but I can't justify it story beat wise. It's pretty nothing episode for Ray and Eddie. So yep. I couldn't justify putting this episode in here, but if I could have, I would have, and we could have talked about this more in depth. Oh boy. You know, there, there's a part of me that's, there's a large part of me that's very happy. You couldn't justify. It. Yeah. So then the last episode, in the last match of the episode, Batista versus Christian, uh, you know, Batista's first match on SmackDown, the hype of is a big deal. Batista wins. And then after the match, JBL and Orlando Jordan come to beat him down to get revenge for earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that j- j- heel jackass is gonna heel jackass. What are you gonna yeah. do? Yep. So that is where we're at. That was the July seventh, two thousand five episode of SmackDown. Tonight we're gonna watch the July fourteenth episode of SmackDown. Now, if you would like to watch along with us, you can do so uh, at Peacock uh, TV dot com. Uh, it is NBC Universal streaming service. It's and they have all of WWE's streaming service content all their back library uh they have all all the episodes on smackdown on there it's 4.99 a month with ads and 9.99 a month without ads yep yep Yep. Uh, but but if you want to do it the 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 legit way there you go godspeed i don't i don't have a good piracy option for all you freaks out there no i like singing yo ho yo ho yep so uh We'll be back in the back half to talk about the July 14, 2005 episode of Friday of uh, of Thursday Night Smackdown. See you later. And we are back. We have just finished the July 14, 2005 episode of Smackdown. Shit remains absolutely fucking weird and wild. We're definitely... We're we're definitely in like the death knolls of the attitude era or the the the, the ruthless aggression era to be sure. Uh, this is dead center of the ruthless aggression. So. Okay, I don't know. I oh wait, it ends in oh wait, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. This I is always more think it like... ends in oh five. Okay. No, no, no. This is uh yeah no this shit's this shit's absolutely wild. Like everything everything going on here, it's like it's a combination of. This is, like, WWE at its peak, like, simultaneously trying to be, like, super legit wrestling now, and also still some goofy bullshit that only WWE can do as a company. Yeah. 
uh, it is, we'll talk about the Eddie Guerrero thing kind of right now, actually, because that's the first thing that opens the show. Yeah. Uh, but what a, what a turn this Eddie Guerrero story took tonight with Ray Mysterio not here. I, I will say before we get into the Eddie, uh, the, the, the Eddie Guerrero thing, I do, I do want to talk briefly about a couple things because the episode starts with like a last time on SmackDown recap. Um, mm. and a couple things. First of all, I realized watching this that JBL kind of reads like a young Vince and oh my God, all of a sudden everything with him makes so much more sense. <laughs> Vince is looking at this guy. He's like, I don't know. There's something I like about him. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, apparently last time he had a line about Batista, you look like Tarzan and no, no. It's it's because no. he's it's because he's the animal. But he Batista. he doesn't look like he looks like Tarzan just as much as any of the other dudes on this program look like Tarzan. And that he's a muscly shirtless man in a leotard or a well, what, yeah, whatever. Well, JBL really liked his "I'll make you cry like Jane" line. Okay, so we're gonna have to just work backwards. Oh, yeah, we gotta have our shoehorns. Uh, speaking of uh, Disney properties. Uh, we also get a clip of the, the Blue World Order, which again, walk is apparently walk, a thing, walk, and they, look, walk, walk. they somehow look even more fucking ridiculous than I could have ever pictured them. Um, they but do, it's yes. The Blue World Order graffitis JBL's car, and JBL's of course all incensed about that, incensed about that, but like, the the graffiti they they graffiti bwo onto jbl's car and the graffiti looks pretty spot on for the for for like what the nwo graffiti was and i have to wonder if bwo had to go through like disney style signature training to get that to get that graffiti get that. just right yeah you you got to make sure you do the the sign writer or everyone's going to be mad about it yeah, the, the W has to be, like, just disproportionately big enough and, like, you know, construct in such a way. And the O has to be of the this exact, like, level of ovularity. The, you know, the, mm-hmm. there's a very precise science to, to all of this. Um, but, yes, then we move legitimately into just kicking the fuck off with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, somebody has in the crowd a very sincere... Um, Eddie stopped blackmailing Ray sign, and I sure hope this man pays attention to that very heartfelt message. Yeah, I he I feel bad for that person because they're not gonna get what they want. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, not they're not they're not quite uh they're they're not quite getting uh getting that that wish coming true. Unfortunately, they they forgot to factor in the part where Eddie Guerrero is you know um fucking psychotic. Yeah, that's sad. Sad to say. Yeah, so we start with an Eddie Guerrero promo. He explains that Eddie is not here this week. That Ray's not here this week. That Ray, excuse me, yes, that Ray is not here this week. That's what I said. Yes. Is is that is Eddie explains though that you know Ray, if he thinks he can run away and avoid being humiliated by Eddie, well, that's not how this works. Because no, that's not. He you knows Ray's secret. Ah, ah, God, God. He's all in on the secret, this big mysterious secret that I have no idea what this secret's going to be. Um, yeah. So and, 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 and he wants to, like, the SmackDown wants to make sure that everybody especially does not know what this secret is going to be because, man, they sure just keep cock-teasing the fact that there's a secret and the moving parts are Eddie Guerrero, 
Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Oh boy. Uh, you know, yeah, I feel like this, honest, this, I, it, like as there's, it's kind of obvious what this is going about to be. No, seeing how they play it up tonight, especially. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is a pretty telegraphed twist, right? A little bit. I, I'm, I'm maybe I, maybe just cause I already know, but I struggle to think of other things this could be. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly the fact that, that, that like he's making extra special sure that Dominic, he keep, he just keeps fucking mentioning Dominic, Dominic. I hope you're listening. Dominic, don't let your dad put your, put his hands yeah, over it, your it, ears. Dominic, just, I want it, you to yeah, hear this. Yeah. It kind of feels like it's, it could really has to be about paternity though. Obviously the specifics are what they are. Yeah. Like. Uh, again, they, they haven't really revealed anything, but at some point you got to be like, hmm, there is a child involved that is important in the life of both of these men. Hmm. I wonder what this could be, but yes. Uh, Eddie Eddie plays a replay from two weeks prior, you know, that we were there for. He's got to play the footage. Uh, and Eddie, after he shows the replay, Eddie talks about how you should have seen what I had planned this week. Ray, but you know, Ray, Eddie, he, he's, he's not going to let Ray ruin his plans just by him not being here. Absolutely. And so he decides that what he'll do is with Ray not here, he'll just tell the secret right now. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. Fuck. I can't, I, I, I think this is as he was saying this, but he's talking about like how he can make Ray do anything for him in order mm. to keep this secret. Uh, like I made, I made you open the, the ring ropes for me. And then he goes, I know your son, Dominic would love to open the ropes for uncle Eddie. Nope. Nope. Bad touch. Nope. Bad touch. Nope. Not again. This is feeling a lot creepier than it had to. He can't keep getting away with it. Except he will. Except he, except he will continue to do exactly that because what is 2000s, uh, SmackDown without Eddie Guerrero just stirring shit constantly 2000 smackdown is 2005 smackdown is a lot crazier than i thought it was and we'll talk more about that we'll get more to that you know oh oh we will holy shit your reactions to this are just pure gold i should have kept a counter of how many storylines i was like what the fuck this is now yeah i mean we're up to two really Um, i always get concerned when that happens mexicals and melina debuting i was also like whoa yeah uh, yeah, and considering the last time you were saying that was about fucking, uh, uh, oh shit, oh the Godfather. Oh god, I didn't know we were getting him. Now I'm, they, we just the hits keep on hitting for the things that are blindsiding you, my man. Yeah, we get a couple more blindsides tonight. But back to this is so Eddie. He says hi to Dominic, and he says, "Remember, Uncle Eddie loves you." Uh. Uncomfy, uncomfy, very uncomfy. He asked asked Dominic to get right up close to the TV because he knows that him and Ray are watching tonight. Oh, I want want to point out that he fucking steals a chair from the timekeepers. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, I thought this was when he was already sitting down. No, because it's it's all part of the buildup. Is because he's tell he's he says he's now finally going to tell Dominic that bedtime story that he promised him. 
Yep. And but he says, you know, it's bedtime story. We got to get real comfortable here. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he yells at Tony Kimmel, one of the the uh, ring announcer, to give him his chair. <laughs> Which Tony Kimmel does. Because yeah, everybody's cause fucking scared of Jack Tass, Eddie Guerrero. I would also be scared of Jack I would also Tass, be horrified. Yeah, so Eddie, he, he sits down in a chair, and he starts telling the story of a little boy named Dominic. And before, who, before we go on, I just want to say, like, this whole time, the crowd is, like, going hard against him. And as a ginormous Rey Mysterio stan who thinks he just gets so overlooked half the time by this company. There's, there's something that's really heartwarming about it, seeing a WWE crowd, like, so behind Rey that, like, before the secret even comes to fuck out, just the fact that Eddie's been fucking with Rey is building, like, nuclear heat with this crowd and they are booing him mercilessly. Mm -hmm. Does my little Rey Mysterio yeah. loving heart good. But anyway... Eddie, he starts telling the story of a little boy named Dominic, who one day he was ran he ran out to the woods to play with his uncle Eddie, and we don't get any further into the story because Eddie notices out comes Vicky Guerrero and their two daughters. Yeah. Okay. So this shit's insane. So Eddie vaguely implies this is Vicky's first time on TV. Is that true? Probably. Eddie had never, Vicky Guerrero had never really been a presence on screen until, really it wasn't until Eddie's death and it being like a way to give Vicky a job as yeah. a, as a sorry mom. for your husband. Yeah, sorry about your husband, you're a single mom now situation. The, yeah. That was when she became a real on-screen figure. So this genuinely might be the first time we've ever seen Vicky on camera. That's, okay, that's insane. Uh, no, uh, it, even even so eddie sees uh sees vicky and he's basically going like baby no go home get out of here this is this is my work you're not supposed to be here let let me do my job but which i wrote down in my notes as eddie eddie says make me a sandwich um he's basically <laughs> saying this is not your place this is i'm, I'm working this is my place as the man this, of the household. this is man's work yeah this is if blackmailing your on and off best friend is man work. yeah um, yeah so uh, so but he... but yeah the, the wild thing being that vicky's standing there with the two daughters and she looks horrified vicky is clearly against this whole thing sympathetic face vicky guerrero what what is happening what Who is this time. woman what has she done with the excuse me lady yeah she's she's not gotten there yet she's not that person damn Damn. I, wow. The, it's it's just bizarre seeing Vicky Guerrero on screen and like I, I mean I love Vicky and I'm always happy when she's on screen, but like seeing her and like we're supposed to like her? What? Yeah. yeah, so Eddie Eddie is is confused about why they're here and he's very he's like, no, go go to the back. Get out of here. Uh, and uh -huh. As he keeps, he gets more aggressive with it as the as the uh, segment goes on, which we'll talk, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But Vicky Guerrero rips the mic away from Eddie, and she is like, "This is getting out of hand," and she's like, "Please don't do this. Please don't give away this secret that she doesn't know. She just is like Ray. This is Ray is a good." man and a good father don't do this you're hurting your family you're hurting me you're hurting your daughters don't don't do this very very impassioned please 
Yeah, but uh, her suggesting that Ray is a good man and father kind of is what pisses off Eddie to the point that he literally, he like very forcefully grabs her and takes her backstage. Yeah, again, real, re real mysterious what this secret could be if, if that's mm -hmm. the thing that set him off. Hmm. Yeah. Wonder so what that's all about. Um, mm -hmm. but, but like, what's, what's even more wild about this is like, there's clearly an air to this of like, Eddie kind of didn't want Vicky to know, question mm -hmm. mark, which like, my man, if you're broadcasting this on national TV, she's gonna know. I don't do, think do, you thought this all the you, way through. Yeah, do you think Vicky doesn't watch SmackDown? I mean, I guess I get that in that no wrestler ever watches SmackDown. Ha! So, you know, maybe it's a fair assumption that your wife also doesn't know what happens. Nobody but, in the industry know. actually gives a shit about SmackDown. It's a, it's the safest place to, like, air all your dirty laundry. Well, it's, no not, it's, it's not that. It's that wrestlers never watch any TV to know what happened in the prior, what happened when that was caught on camera. Fair enough, fair enough. So, like, I guess I get why he might assume that Vicky didn't know what happened on SmackDown because no, no one he works with watches SmackDown to, be, <laughs> to know what happens. So, why you know. would his wife? Yeah. Uh, so, plus, she's here. Okay. Um, yeah. As as she gets backstage, Vicky is continuing to kind of plead with Eddie about this to calm down. He's like, "I'm not calming down. I'm trying to provide for this family." Again, this get, is get out of here. Work. This is my work. And Vicky, embarrassing me at my place of work. God, I'm trying to, I'm uh, trying to blackmail my, my my best friend here. God, God, yeah. This Vicky eventually has enough of Eddie just being uh angry and mean, and so she's like, "I'm I'm taking the kids. We're I'm, we're getting out of here. How, yeah. You you need to calm down." Bye, bozo. And as they're arguing in front of this car, out of in front of the car, Bob Holly comes up interjects himself here to be like hey For Eddie, calm reason. down man hey white knight bob holly yeah what does bob holly have anything to do with eddie or anything really no. up to this point no it is an excuse for the match to happen later but why that match? Why that matchup? Couldn't because there be anybody Ed, because, backstage better suited to like talk Eddie down from the ledge? Well, because it's because Hardcore Holly is unimportant from a narrative perspective. So Eddie can just beat him and it, who cares? But, but it would help bolster the import of this storyline if we had someone who's like important and important to Eddie being the one to step in, not just nope. Bob Holly. Okay, okay. Who am I to question the eternal, the eternal wisdom? Yeah, so Eddie pushes uh, pushes Holly away from him. And he's like, you see? You see what you made me do? Now we got other people involved in this business. And yep. Holly comes and like bumps Eddie into the car door. And at this point, Vicky gets in the car herself and she leaves. And Eddie tries to like comfort his kids. I will he, say when it when it comes to the kids, I have to I have to shout out that like his younger daughter, you know, assuming assuming they were in on this, right? Um his younger yeah. daughter is acting the hell out of this. It looks like she's fucking crying. You know, maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't in on it. And Vicky's just like, come on, we're going to go see daddy backstage. And he just starts, like, flipping his shit. <laughs> but his older daughter is just sitting in the car looking hugely nonplussed. She's got, like, this blank expression. She's like, whatever, dad. Yeah, child, child acting is ups and downs here. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love. I just love the very the the completely separated degrees of commitment to the bit here. But shout out to the youngest daughter. That was a fucking Academy Award earning performance. Okay. <laughs> God damn. I believe yeah. that crying. Yeah. So Eddie, he he co- tries to comfort his kids, but he still demands they all get out of here. Yeah. Which they do. But we will come back to Eddie later. More later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First match of the show: the Mexicools. Their first match against the eclectic team of Paul London, the cruiserweight champion, Funaki, yes. and Scotty, Scotty too, too high. Hottie. I was hoping to see the worm, and there was no worm. Unfortunate. Unfo- what is the, like? Is that just the dance move, the worm? I I, I feel like surely we've seen him do the worm before as we watched we've watched a two, a two oh uh, yeah two i think we have okay it's ridiculously overcomplicated elbow drop that is the worm. he does the worm and he yes does, and okay i remember this oh, now yeah 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 oh uh, we love the goofy bullshit we love it Mwah, give me yeah. more uh i made note that cra- super crazy came out with a rake that yes. did not it did not it was not used i was hoping it would be I don't know why. But do you, you know, get right? it? Because they're Gardner, you know, Mexicans Oh, oh my God, yeah, okay, of It's course, why they come yeah. out in lawnmowers. Is the same they're, reason. They're Juan Deers. Juan Deers, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm. while they're coming out, Taz does uh, bring up the point, the question of, he wonders how much gas it takes to ride that Juan Deer from Mexico to Buffalo. Uh, I missed that. Taz, nah, he, do you think they drove those things all the way here, Taz? He does. He does seem to believe he, he, they drew them all. They drove them all the way to Why New England. Think that? Why would you assume that? Yeah, and then yeah, him and Michael Cole have a little bit of a, bit of a joke about gas prices these days. Yuck, yuck, yuck. yuck. Oh man, that one hurts. Yeah, I know so you, I you, you fucking public transport user. I don't give a shit about any of that. Fuck, that but, sounds like but, you people. But oh boy, as a as a long as a as a constant car commuter, oof, ow, owie. <laughs> I'm sad but, now. And come out and have the match. It's kind of it's a pretty fun match because everyone yeah. hit the cruiserweight athletic athletic fest. So yeah, you know. it was it, and and a three way match nonetheless. Those are always fun. The little yeah. bit of extra, like that little bit of added bit of chaos adds a lot. Mm-hmm. These, these books, I don't know, like this had to have been like WWE miking their cameras different back in the day. Because on this episode, and especially in this match, I heard so much more grunting than I'm used to grunting, shouting, mm-hmm. yelling, etc. Uh, also, I think it was, oh God, I, it was either Scotty Juhati or Paul London. I think it was Scotty. Got one of the Mexicools in his grasp at one point. Scotty, like, Scotty, re- Scotty wrestled like 80% of the match at least. Okay. But he, he got the Mexicools in his grasp at one point and starts just like bitch smacking one of them. But I noticed my my man was fucking stage slapping. I saw the hand go across and on the other side of the whatever Mexicools face, I saw the other hand come up to make the clap sound and then quickly go back down. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I know how to do the. Wait a minute. He's hey, engaging I, in a proud tradition here. I'm I beautiful. I, I I must have quite missed that. It's a little weird because usually, you know, good old fashioned slap to the thigh is usually how you do that kind of sound effect. 
Yeah, well, uh, wrestling. They, I'm do not, they do, like, do, the kicks and shit, though. They, true, but they also will do that for, like, any any anything like that. It's a strike. It's supposed to make a noise like that. That's fair. They'll do it. They don't usually do, like, actual stage slaps. So Yeah, but, like, what's especially wild about that is, like, so the way he was facing was, like, you know, the, his, the, the hand that was making the clap sound was pointed away from the camera, a little hidden behind the, the head. But, like, he was doing that in full view of like hard cam side audience or hard mm -hmm. cam facing audience. And I have to wonder if it looked just as fake to them as I would imagine seeing a stage slap from the other side. La that night was the night that some little kid learned that wrestling is fake. Hey, yo, ma, I think we got scammed. Dude, that fucking Hassan. Hey, yo, ma, I think we got scammed. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the, the show that the, that like the kid in Hassan's chat went to. Where he's like, yeah, I always thought it was real. And then we like went to his show and we like got really good teeth and saw it up close. And I was like, "Ayo, ma, this shit seems fake. I think we got scammed." It was all thanks to Scotty Two Hotties stage slaps. Amazing. Uh, I made a note that at one point, Super Crazy is on the apron, does like a weird laugh because he's crazy. Yo, soy super crazy. Yeah, and then Scotty super kicks him off the apron. Hey. Super crazy meet a super kick. Hey, yeah, so uh, also, oh, yeah, I guess I keep going. I was a middle of the match is basically the super cool, the Mexicals doing a lot of uh, you know, not tag, not getting out of the ring when you tag out kind of stuff. Absolutely. And Michael Colt was clearly complaining about it on commentary because at one point Taz yells, Rule schmooze, have a little fun here. Yeah, I know, I know. We, hey, hey, he's a, he's a, he's he's been a bastard from day one. And he will continue to be a bastard till he takes his dying breath. All right, but yeah, I love I love how his rebuttal is. Yeah, the rule schmools have a little funny, right? Taz is here for the lawless bullshit. Taz's favorite uh, favorite referee is is Rick Knox. Hell yeah, uh, I made that joke when we were watching of how look how bad Rick Knox is as a referee. God damn, every Knox time S M H my head, you know. Mm hmm. Definitely. Uh, we get to near the end of the match. Funaki, who basically didn't do shit, whole match, kind of disappointed about that, uh, gets leveled outside by Super Crazy. And then it's Ju it's Hooventude, Hoovy, the Juice, uh, and Scotty Tuhati in the ring. They're both down. They both knock each other down to its uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, Taz says, Juicy is down. Worm is down. Huh? Juicy Worm. Juicy Worm. The Tasmaniac, Mister Maniac, if you will, is a is a simple man with simple pleasures, such as uh, considering gas prices for Juan Deers, deciding that fuck the rules, we need to have some fun, and being entertained by such comedic uh, moments of genius as Juicy War. Totally. Uh, so the match ends where Paul London, he kind of gets in and gives the hot tag guy, you know, I mean, he is, you know, the cruiserweight champion. So he's kind of presented as the, as like on an individual basis, he's the best guy here. Absolutely. Uh, but he is set up, he's got Hoovy set up to hit him from the top rope. And here come the Mexicals. Uh, Psychosis kind of distracts him for a minute. And yep. then super cool, super crazy comes up from the other side. And first, he like jumps and drops him neck first in onto the ropes, and then 
he super crazy does like a jump from outside the ring into the ring into a springboard uh you know um uh uh splash yep uh, it was it run middle it was crazy it, it looked crazy. it looked like it, it was it was a dope fucking move um mm -hmm. he, he kind then, of like only ended ended up hitting with his like right leg but it still looked cool yeah and then after that hooventude hits it gets to the top rope and hits a 450 splash oh no that's Four that's what it was it was hooventude yeah. in the 450 that oh yeah Hooven, never mind he 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 didn't hit a it didn't hit a lot but he definitely hit paul london square in the gut with one of those legs and and the announcers did their best to make it feel like it hit yeah they tried they did their best uh, yeah They're like oh taking the full impact of that leg sure you did you can hear them scrambling in real time. I love that shit. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the Mexicools, they win their first match by pinning the cruiserweight champion. Gotta say, that's, that's a hell pretty. of a way to establish yourself. It's pretty fucking yep. bad. Yeah, so after uh, after that match, we go backstage where Candice Michelle is looking in a mirror, admiring herself. And As you do. here comes Christian. Hey, big man and on campus, Christian Cage. He's flirty a little bit, not as much as I thought he was going to be, to be honest. It it <laughs> but, turned it turned into him just talking up himself. Uh, what 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 really uh, what really got me uh, about Candace herself was the fucking camera starts just staring straight down at her cleavage and oh the camera was perfectly uh perfectly placed to look for cleavage square in the middle of the shot yeah yeah and the audience cheers very the, the audience pops big for candace michelle and man really wonder why but um but then christian asked her what she's up to and she's like oh i was getting ready uh, getting ready with a handheld mirror in the middle of a random hallway yeah, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. And she's talking about, you know, she's got to meet everyone backstage. Um, she first came, she was first, she was post draft traded to SmackDown last week. Why were you not at work last week, Candace? Look, she just needed, she needed the time to adjust to the change. You know, she, she had a whole, uh, she had a whole fucking handheld mirror to, to transfer from the, from the law, law, Raw locker rooms to SmackDown locker rooms. That's some heavy fucking lifting, all right? Uh, give her give her some give her a break here, man. I guess. So Christian starts, he, you know, he all he all he makes an offer to Candace that she wants any help or any insights, you know. He's happy to give him. I mean, he's only been here two weeks, and mm. yet all the young kids in the locker room are already asking him for advice. Are they now? <laughs> yeah. Which again, as I point out, I thought I thought this was going to be a lot more flirtatious, but it ends up with just him saying how awesome he is. Which honestly feels a little more on brand for Christian. Mm -hmm. Christian has the doesn't have time to flirt when he when he when he's got to fucking talk himself up most of the time. He he, there is one person Christian Cage will reliably flirt with, and that is himself, motherfucker. Absolutely. Uh, but then as as he's talking his bullshit, Booker Absolutely. T comes up and is like, tell me you did not just say that. He is rather unimpressed by Christian Cage's grandstanding. Whoops. Nah, 
So Booker T, you know, he explains that, you know, if you want respect on SmackDown, you got to earn it in the ring tonight. And he hits all his catchphrases of like against the five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, time, WCW world champion. Now, can you dig that? Sucker. Sucker. Uh, Christian Cage did not get terribly offended that he got called a sucker, and I was terribly disappointed because I find it funny when people get offended at the fact that Booker T called them a sucker. Yep. So then we get an interview backstage with Josh Matthews interviewing Batista. Uh, yeah, you know. and and Batista just kind of gives a generic like, yeah, I'm gonna kick jbl's ass and i'm super cool my name's batista Mm -hmm. love me and the whole crowd goes fucking nuts yeah well he he says he's a student of the game which feels like a a stealth pun considering batista was it was part of evolution where with triple h as the leader of that group so he was in fact a student of the game that's so fucking weird. I but, but I love I love I love when every once in a while WWE will just throw in random fucking nonce continuity because you know they're not big on appeasing to the to the dorks and the and the continuity nerds. But once in a while they'll just throw something fucking random in there. Be like, ah, did you catch that? See that one was for you. Okay, bye. Yeah, all right. Shut up and don't talk to us for like two years. <laughs> you get you get one of these every every fucking uh uh. 730 days shut the fuck up yeah so he says that he watches smackdown every week and even he's realized that jbl is a bully uh which based correct yes yes Uh, and he explains that you deal with bullies by punking them out and beating them up and last week he punked out jbl and at the great american bash he's gonna beat him up time to beat him up and then batista steals fucking cena's shtick yeah, where he explains that you know uh, that JBL is gonna is gonna have get an attitude adjustment. Yeah, I was like, I heard him say that. I'm like, that's not your move. Why are you saying that? Like, that's a pun for you. Now, I suppose to be and fair, uh, John Cena would not rename the FU to the attitude adjustment until after. We all go PG, and it's not cool to say that. We it's can't not have a cool to imply the, the, the fuck the F you, but you know, yeah. shout, uh, rest in pieces, John like, Cena's old move names, the F you and the STFU. Oh, always, always a tragedy that, that, that we lost them. Rip in peace. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like, he still said it like attitude adjustment was like a pop line for him. Yeah, so... it, 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 it was a big like. It was a line emphasis ender. It was like, and then you're supposed to pop here when you say yeah. when he says the word attitude adjustment. And did, I was like, okay. Did Cena get that bit from him? Is that where he got the maybe, name for this shit? Maybe. I didn't realize Batista ever used the term attitude adjustment like that. Well, here we go. Ah, waka waka. We transition backstage. M and M are just walking hanging out yeah and they're, then they're on their way Melina, to the ring melina sees something in the distance in front of the camera and she's like guy i gotta deal with this you guys move on and yep. it is tori wilson signing a cover of a of wwf magazine with her on it with her in her like americana get up because she's on the poster for the great american bash pay-per-view 
Yep. Yep. I admit that I don't really know the women of this era very well. So for some reason, I thought she was Stacy Keebler for a second. Yeah. I think it was the blonde. I think it was. I think it was the blonde because now that I'm thinking about it, state now that I'm remembering what Stacy Keebler's face looks like, she doesn't look like Tori Wilson at all. But I was like, um, blonde, tall, um, you could have fooled me, my man. Yeah, could have fooled me. But it's Tori Wilson, and Melina's just decides to just start shit over this. It's like you think you you think you're all the hot shit, you're on the posters and all that. But you suck. And she is going to challenge Tori. She challenges Tori to a match at the Great American Bash. And she is going to expose her. This is unfortunately important. Because Tori Wilson then gets real up close and is like, if, if exposing me is what you want, then let's make it a bra and panties match. Oh, and- God damn it. And Melina is accepts because she explains it doesn't matter. She's not going to lose. The crowd, the, the people are not going to see her down in her underwear because she's not going to lose. She's going to strip all Tori's clothes off. So, ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. That definitely does not spell doom for Melina. That's definitely not her hubris. Let me let doom, me go ahead and, and make and make a bold prediction about how this match goes. I will be watching Great American Bash myself. We're not going to cover it on this show but i will make a bold prediction i'm on the edge that, of my seat that tori wilson will win the match and then she will voluntarily take her clothes off anyway is that a thing that tends to happen yep wait why in the, in the because in the end it's all about seeing all the chicks in their underwear that's it's super common it's not every bra and panties match but it's enough of them Ah, uh, yes. When I see it. <laughs> Voluntarily. After we have a match. write this show uh, made me do it. Yeah, let's let's not get deep, deeper into that right now. This is... mm-hmm. uh, the next uh, yeah, match. Yeah, we, look, we got to get that poetic justice in. Exposed, you say. Well, well do I have a perfectly what, themed match for that in- turn of phrase? What an interesting choice of words. My fa- my favorite type of of d- way to decide a match is like making a pun out of a turn of phrase. Yeah. Woo! So Absolutely. next match is gonna be Heidenreich versus well, we'll get to it. But I noticed I've never seen Heidenreich's entrance as a baby face, so I didn't realize he comes out doing this like crazy like high ho high ho arm movement with only his right arm yeah he looks like robotic as shit which is weird hide in right hide in right it's like uh, a fucking like wind-up toy coming down to the like it's, it's that like choppy of a movement it's so fucking yeah. weird i was like what the fuck is this what are you doing man yeah you seem taken aback i just kind of assumed you knew what there was to know about heidenreich so that's no, this, funny to me that uh, this, this like is- fucking blindsided you I am learning that I do not know enough about Heidenreich's career, clearly. Ah, he yes. Keeps surprising me more and more every time. There is there is endless surprise to be had about Heidenreich. I mean, like, you start with, ah, yes, my man was supposed to be an unfrozen Nazi, and it's just kind of all wild shit from there. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but it doesn't really matter what the match was going to be, because Eminem show up and beat his ass. 
So yeah, they never really specify. So Eminem just shows up, and like Melina gets on Mike to start taunting him, and she's like, uh, "Oh, also uh, one oh shit." Before we get going, uh, one more thing I got to point out is fucking Taz as Heidenreich is making his entrance, makes some comment about like how the Great American Bash really is the American pastime, and I I feel like that greatly overestimates the importance of the old GAB, you know. But yeah, a little bit. Sure thing, Taz. Uh, but yeah, so they're just here to beat up Heidenreich, and Melina gets on Mike, and she starts taunting him. She's like, you don't have friends here. You're all alone. I have yeah. friends, and they're going to kick your ass. And, and then, and, and, and ooh, sure enough, and sure, and sure what enough. What a rush. Well, look, look, the, the, the obvious answer here, after if we're talking about, like, you know, Heidenreich's friends, out comes Michelle McCook. Animal? Ooh, what a rush. The road warrior animal is here. Wait, no, um, isn't Michelle McCool supposed to be his friend? Why the fuck is Animal here? What happened to Michelle? Because thing we're about to do in a second. But um, but but where's Michelle? She's his friend. She's established as his friend. What where did she go? Hmm. <laughs> what wow. Way to fucking just dip on Heidenreich after he saved your ass from Eminem last time we were here. Yeah, kind of shitty move, Michelle. Oh, fuck that girl. Yeah, so Animal runs off Eminem, and Eminem are, like, in the crowd with a microphone to keep talking. Mm -hmm. uh, so Animal gets on the microphone, and he explains that, you know, he's he's been going all around selling the new Road Warriors DVD, because they were at this point... This is basically the impetus yeah. for why this angle even happened. Is he's because fucking shilling. Wait, wait, what? I because I made a comment about how he's shilling for the new Road Warriors TV. Yeah, what? That's just the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much this whole storyline was an excuse to shill that DVD some more. What on the TV. fuck? But yeah, which by the way, great DVD actually. I've watched it. Oh really? It's, really, it's a really good documentary. Well, that's nice. But Animal is here. He's he's been shilling the DVD the DVD, but he hears all the time. How there's some tag team in the WWE that thinks they're the greatest. And he explains that they're not. They're just a couple of baby punks. Yeah. And and the crowd starts chanting, punk, punk, punk. And I'm like, no, that's the wrong wrestler. But okay. Yeah. Which also, again, very strong language from the Road Warriors. Okay. W were, were they, were they anti-swearing? Yes, that's uh, it's been talked about that like part of what makes it's been said before that part of why the road warriors didn't work in the attitude era is because their their insults come off too corny. That's really funny. You you would think some dudes named the road warriors would have some real heavy hitters, but uh yeah, for man, some I dudes guess... who look like they belong in Mad Max or whatever, they they have very they have very family friendly PG insults. Hey man, Mad Max world is very strict about using the heck words, okay? Like yeah, you gotta you gotta get creative with it. Otherwise, you can't like Mad Max, right? Like that that's a, that's an essential part of Mad Maxing is having corny one liners. Duh. Yeah. I love so, I love it when I love it when Mad Max turns to the camera and says, "I'm mad, Max," and then jumps into another car and suicide bombs it. Of course. As absolutely. Best part. So then Joey Mercury in a scene that pre that. Uh, that uh, precedes disaster. Uh, or, I, or as I wrote it, Joey Mercury, an idiot, uh, challenges yes. the Road Warriors to a tag title match at the Great American Bash. 
Yeah, uh, but Johnny reason. Nitro gets on the microphone to explain that this is simply not possible because Animal's partner is dead. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. they went there. What? Fuck. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, because Road Warrior Hawk by this point had already died. Yeah, I kind of assumed. Of course. Um. But at this it's it's they tried to do a bit where animal is like this pisses off animal and heidenreich has to hold him back except heidenreich jumped the gun and kind of like tackled him before animal even tried to move yeah yeah his look heidenreich's just really fucking exciting all right he's he's got a new fran heiden like reich's like heidenreich likes having frans yeah so and he he gently try holds animal back and he explains like hey brother i'm on your side here man but let me be your tag team partner yeah okay and... okay this shit was hilarious to me because like heidenreich friend propositions animal or vice versa i can't remember no um, heidenreich fair propositions to animal yeah and what's funny is like animal seems hesitant about this even though he like kind of came out to do the safe spot on heidenreich so okay but it's also like hilariously awkward and comes across as like frankenstein's monster trying to make friends with just animal from the muppets because heidenreich is like weirdly robotic in his delivery and looks and looks like uh an oversized super muscly human who's just learning to like use his like motor functions and animal talks like <laughs> but an animal animal is like you sure you want to do this this, this ain't the nfl it's got to step up this is this is big time uh whatever i guess heidenreich is an ex-nfl player i assume otherwise I, that line doesn't make a lot of sense the unfrozen nazi is an is an nfl player sure whatever Damn. any anyway animal relents and it is now official at the great american bash it will be animal and heidenreich versus uh mnm for the tag team titles and this is part of now a storyline where heidenreich becomes the newest member of the legion of doom yeah these gab and... matches are just whoo lining themselves up left and right let me tell you everyone's got some shit to some some beef to work out at the great american bash god damn there a bashing will be done at the great and, american and bash. It, 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 it might even be great and maybe maybe even american Oh, there's something very American we'll, we'll get to later that happens. Oh, yes. That happens at the match. Peak uh, but, of American. But the next match, the actual next match of the show will be is Eddie Guerrero versus Hardcore Holly. Yep, again, happening for some reason. Yeah, it's 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 kind of just there for Eddie to have a match and win. Yeah, um, and we we do a throwback to like, to to what's been going on earlier in the episode and we cut back to to like a clip of eddie saying like you know ray i know you're watching dominic i know you're watching dominic and he's giving all these directions dominic and again on the subject of wrestlers don't watch smackdown it would be really funny if ray just like was not watching yeah, man, like, it's, it's it's Ray's week off, and he just decided to not watch SmackDown this week. Yeah, you think Ray's gonna fucking watch SmackDown to like see how Eddie Guerrero wants to torment him this time? Like, I feel like Ray would be too smart to fall into that trap. So hopefully that's he's that smart. I mm. I, I just think it'd be really funny if Eddie's just like fucking speaking into the void right now. 
<laughs> like, yeah, that would be pretty funny. Absolutely. Uh, the match is whatever, really. Uh, it's a lot. Hardcore Holly kind of gets to like be the avenging baby face to kind of make Eddie feel some pain and all that. He's a pretty hard hitting dude. He chops Eddie real hard and Eddie's chest looks a little iffy. I mean, it doesn't seem like terribly like, I, I mean, he does, he does some damage to be, to be sure. Like it's, it's, it's far sure. from, it's far from a one-sided affair, but also like my man, I, I feel like you're, you're kind of like going into this destined to fail, you know? Um, yeah. The end of the match gets to uh, Eddie is you know, Eddie's on the outside and Bob Holly's trying to pull at him. And the referee is trying to, is at the ropes trying to get him back in the ring. And Eddie grabs the referee by the shirt and he's like, Hey man, stop holding my shirt. Yeah. And, literally we hear that. And I was like, okay. And, it, and then Eddie like rakes his eye, the referee's eye. Yeah. DQ, DQ, a ref, DQ, ref. <laughs> Look, I know your eyes just got raked, and you can't see shit now. But you did see that was Eddie Guerrero. You know, who, that, you know who did that? Just that's it. That ref, ref. What are you doing? Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm memeing it up here. But I have to say, there's actually a pretty fucking dope match between between uh, uh, Eddie and and Holly. Um, I, I. I can't remember you. You you said we've watched Eddie before on the show. I don't remember yeah, it terribly I, I, well. I, I swear that we watched him wrestle Ric Flair at. Well, like, anyway, it was like early Eddie, and like yeah, I have to say, seeing him at the very tail end of his career, like God, it, my man, it's easy to see why this man is so fucking revered in the wrestling canon. Because mm -hmm. holy shit, he is insane. Yeah. Uh there is so much clear talent here. Like I talked last week about his like just easy charisma, but also in ring. He, the, he's one of those wrestlers that just makes everything he does look super easy and effortless. And it's, it's incredible to watch. Uh, and he, but he eventually gets Holly into its submission hold. And well, yeah, what's, what's, really all, what's all part of the thing is that, um, is that as after he rakes the eye of the ref, he like, pushes Holly backwards into the announcer's table to hit him in the back. And when Holly kind of staggers his way back into the ring, as he's laying down there, Eddie grabs a pipe under the ring and just clocks. Yeah. What the fuck was that? That yeah, was and then, ow. And then he uses that as a way to uh, get Holly into the Texas Cloverleaf submission, which is, Kind of like a, a uh, kind of like the the sharpshooter, but the leg. I think the legs are positioned a little differently. Oh, and yeah, Bob yeah, Holly taps much. out to it. And well, what's that funny is, is like he, he like he like sets up for that like pseudo sharpshooter, and Holly like taps a couple times, and it's kind of like, wait, no, I haven't fucking finished locking you in. Give it a second. Not time um, yet. Yeah, and then he finishes lock, and so Holly just kind of stops after a couple taps. And then he and then Eddie locks in. He's like, "All right, now now I'm done. Okay, fine, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah." So Eddie Guerrero wins the match, and then after the match, he gets a microphone and he wants to apologize to Vicky for mm. what happened earlier. Mm. Is Eddie explains that you know he's had time to think about about what she said, and he want mm. he wants to make clear he's like he is he loves he loves he loves her and he loves his family and he. He wouldn't do anything to hurt his family, you know. Mm -hmm. And apparently, some heckling starts because he just stops mid 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 speech to say, "I'm making yeah. an apology to my wife." Shut the hell up, which just gets more booze. Absolutely. 
And How dare so, you try to apologize to your wife? Fuck yeah, fuck you. you. Ultimate, ultimate heel move right there. Fuck you. Yeah. So he he's just saying that he loves his family and he wants to prove how much he loves Vicky. Uh, and he's going to do that by giving Ray a chance, an opportunity. Where uh, and so at the, to be you give Ray a chance to be the man Vicky seems to think he is, and at the Great American Bash it will be Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. If Ray wins the match, Eddie will listen to his wife and never tell the secret, keep it down under lock and key. But if Eddie wins the match, then he's telling everybody. <gasps> Yeah, okay. I feel like I need to, like, analyze the psychology of this, because everything about this seems weird. Like, first of all, I feel like apologizing to your wife for your behavior, and then still, like, leaving the door pretty far open for you to, like, still do the thing anyway. Pretty fucking backhanded way of doing that. Love the heel logic. But also, I really doubt that in a storyline that was kicked off by Eddie Guerrero being mad that Rey Mysterio beat him in a match, Rey Mysterio beating him in Yet another match is what's going to get him to shut his fucking trap finally. Big X to doubt on that. I feel like either well, hey way, now. Ray's kind of fucked. Hey now, as he ends the promo with, uh, he is. I am a man who keeps his promises. And yes. then immediately his theme song hits, which of course starts with, I lie, I, I cheat, lie, I, I cheat, steal. I steal, yep. Absolutely. Uh, you gotta, you gotta be, uh, you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be paying attention when you're watching wwe smackdown because they, they there's nothing they like more than their like subtle bits of like text to 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 really add some extra meaning there you gotta pay close attention it tells you everything you need to know he's a guerrero he lies he cheats he steals oh my god he's not gonna keep his promise no no all right so we get an update from Cole and Taz talking about the Muhammad Hassan Undertaker situation and how the the heinous actions that happened last week that we are not talking about. We're not talking about the incident. We are saying there was an incident, but we're yes. not talking. We we're not talking about it because of the implication. Because because of the implication. No, 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 no. There was an there was no incident. We just. You know, there's just an implication. <laughs> uh, but okay. Muhammad Hassan's attorney is here tonight to give a pre-written speech. Uh, and out comes a very, very young Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Tommaso, yeah. Ciampa Tommaso Ciampa will become a regular of NXT during the Triple H black and gold era of the show. One of the best heels on, in the show's history, as well as his incredible tag team with Johnny Gargano. Uh, now he's on Raw, finally. He's working with The Miz. Uh, I, I do have to appreciate that Taz lampshades the fact that Muhammad Hassan is not here. He's like, why isn't Masam Muhammad Hassan here? And Michael Cole just kind of goes, eh. And they just, eh. They just they, they really, uh, really uh, dodging that question there. The million dollar yeah. question that no one seems to want to answer. Um, so... So young Tommaso Ciampa uh, is there instead, the very yoked lawyer. Um, of course. And, uh, uh, as he, as also, lawyer. as he gets in, someone throws up a sign yes! that's completely blurred out. What's on the sign? Okay, okay, wait, fuck. What? What? This was 7-14, right? Um, yep. 7-14, 7-14, 7-14. 
2005 uh, SmackDown uh, blurred sign. I want to see if anyone knows what this is. Um, uh, SmackDown. Uh, it's also a nice sign. Sign blurred. Ah, shit. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we can get it. Um, yeah, I don't think. I don't think. Damn. So. I want to know what was on the sign. What? What? What got blurred and why? The. I want to know what. The sad reality of SmackDown being taped. They can do that. I want to know. I want to know too if it was like something that was blurred when they actually aired it, or something that was like has since been blurred on Peacock. Also true. Also interesting to ask. And I have to wonder what either reason would be. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I, it, it'd be funny if it was just a giant WWF logo, and that's how they, they had. The oh, board. that would be hysterical! Fucking, that's a power move right there. Just throw up the old logo just to try to get WWE sued in real time. Yeah, because because you know they had to do that. I had to do that. They've mostly fixed it now because they now are allowed to show that logo again. Yeah. But for a very long time, they had to blur every time the WWF logo came up. And every time somebody said WWF, they had to go WW blank. Yeah, I remember. I yeah, remember I think, that. Like, there was that one. Happened, I, think, I don't remember when that happened for us, but I remember. I think, it it, I think it was one of our Elizabeth episodes. It might have been during you explaining the, it to her as well as me. That might have been that. That might have been happened the Randy Savage me. wedding or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think I think people were doing backstage interviews and they had to and they get the WW. Yep, yep. Hilarious. And they just cut off. They they just cut it off. You know, the WW what? The world will never know. We'll never know. Uh so uh uh Champa puts on his reading glasses and he explains that he is Thomas Whitney Esquire. Yeah, yes. And he is the attorney for he for Muhammad Hassan, and he is reading a prepared statement that explains that Muhammad Hassan has faced so much vitriol for the events of last week that we will not be saying any more specific about and yep, showing yep. no replays of just nope, just, ha- events that happened. It, it's, it's a thing that happened, and Muhammad's not going to be here anymore. Yeah, he is taking a leave from SmackDown. Big cheers. Yeah, yeah, he's taking a leave from SmackDown, and he will not come back until he beats The Undertaker Great America. Yeah. I would, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, there's a whole point. There's a whole section where he talks about Hassan would like to remind you all that he is an American just like the rest of you. And in America, he has rights, and he has the freedom of expression. And this is a sad day to see people treat him like this. And yeah, he said he's uh, Whitney says verbatim he will never appear again on SmackDown. Big cheers in the before he set, finishes that sentence. And then he says he finishes the sentence that Hassan will not be coming back until he beats The Undertaker at the Great American Bash. Which, well. Well, man, if that if that ain't just a perfect (laughs) a perfect sign of things to come, (laughs) that that got a good laugh out of me. Just him being like, he will not. His only condition for coming back is beating Undertaker at Great American Bash. He might as well have said, and if for whatever reason he doesn't beat the Undertaker Great American Bash, he's gonna retire and go be a fucking principal 
of the the public school somewhere because why the hell not i don't know why that would ever happen that's very specific but you know just spitballing i'm not gonna retire after losing to the my my shirt says i am not going to retire after losing to the undertaker is getting a lot of questions that are answered (laughs) by the shirt Yeah, look, I know it sounds specific, but you know, you, I just feel like I need to have my bases covered here, okay? Yeah. So the uh, the Thomas Whitney has more to say until the Undertaker arrives, and Undertaker, uh, noted babyface, d- shows up and does his entire fucking entrance and his entire undressing routine, all to just beat up an attorney who has done nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, like literally, but but man, if there's one thing the fucking SmackDown audience hates, it's lawyers. And if there's one thing zombie ha- zombies hate, it is also lawyers. Why lawyers? So I don't he know. Ba- he backs Whitney into a corner, and Thomas Whitney is like, "Hey, I just want to remind you that I am not a wrestler. I am an attorney." Yes, and Undertaker's after, response. Yes. And and the Undertaker's response is to goozle him and, and, yeah. and then and then choke slam him. Choke slam and him. then hit him with the tombstone pile driver. What? And uh, and 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 backstage a young Tommaso Ciampa was like, Oh my god, that was such an honor. Thank you, sir, so much for for, for tombstone pile driving mm-hmm. me. I will never forget this moment. One day I will I will return to this company and I will I will honor everything you gave me tonight. <laughs> uh, but but what really cracked me up was the fact that Undertaker did his entire ass bit to just come beat up this lawyer. His for two like, minute long, his two minute long entrance. He slowly unwraps, takes the, his coat he, off, his duster off. Yup, takes his coat, his coat off. He does the eye roll thing a couple times. Whole deal. Yeah, just the whole beat up the attorney. The whole enchilada, and like I have to say, would not have expected the. Time the Undertaker beat up an innocent lawyer to to be one of the showcases of like just why Undertaker was as over as he was and why he was such a good character performer. But mm-hmm. like, man, this is definitely one of the like best showcases that I think we've seen for things we've watched for this show, which is yeah. fucking wild. Why did I get like the full Undertaker experience to have him come beat up Th- Thomas What's His Nuts Esquire? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's cool to see though, but about yeah. Um I, I guess I, I guess uh that that'll uh <laughs> um uh Undertaker's like that'll that'll teach you for supporting an industry that lets old dumb old ladies sue McDonald's for spilling her coffee. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I hate as an undead zombie mortician wizard, it's frivolous lawsuits. He, I know, I know that that lawsuit was actually not nearly as frivolous as it was made to appear, but I still blame the woman. <laughs> oh man, extra unbased Undertaker. You hate to see it. <laughs> So, next match is Booker T versus Christian. Uh, Well, it's sort of a match, I guess, because 
as Booker T is making his entrance, Christian comes down and uh, uh, t- brutally attacks him a lot. Yep. Yeah. Booker's Booker's like Booker's doing his whole entrance. I'm like, I'm getting into it. I love me some Booker. And then Christian comes the fuck out of nowhere and ambushes him. God damn it. Yep. Uh, Christian just beats him all the way around the ring. Charmel is just like, please stop. No. And then uh, Booker she, just kind of squashes him. Yeah, Christian rolls Booker or into Christian the ring. Christian squashes him, yeah. Yeah, he rolls Booker into the ring. Booker staggers to his feet. The referee reluctantly calls for the bell to mat for the match to start. Christian hits the unprettier. One, two, three, get owned. That's fucking lame, dude. Why the hell are we squashing Booker? What? You gotta get that heat. But like, he's a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. How the hell do you just squash a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time? Because uh, because Christian could in fact dig that sucker. You know what? Fair enough. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think of that angle. Godspeed. Godspeed to you. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> so then we get. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. We get a slow close up panning into like a wooden door doorway to like a. Yeah. And the announcer is just rambling about a boogie, about the boogeyman. And I was like, oh no, oh no, because these are the debuting vignettes for the boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, which... they, jump, they jump scare when they open the door, but. Okay, jump scare. Right. I didn't say it was a good one. I said it was a jump scare. Uh, I didn't even think that counted. See, I want to put forward what I, for some reason, thought this was going to be. Because Austin's doing another, oh shit, we're getting him, oh no. Again, always a great sign, as has shown in the past. But I, for some reason, because they were leaning hard into this boogeyman thing. And I was like, like they were going on and on. And it was like almost comically slow paced, like this build up. So Mm -hmm. I kind of fully expected for this door that we're panning, uh, panning close to, to fly open. And all of a sudden it was a fucking disco dude dancing to like Boogie Wonderland or something, which I may, I just say, I think would have been so much the better way to go with this. I I think, I think it would have been fucking iconic if we had like a disco dancer wrestler show up and it was like all a fake out, like pretending like it was going to be some like horror wrestler but no, it wasn't. Although I will say from Austin, from your account, they don't exactly play the boogeyman straight, uh, do they? They don't play him as a boogeyman, if I know. But we're not going to get into that. But I will say I couldn't believe what I was seeing the boogeyman vignettes as soon as they were i was like what the fuck is this and then he mentioned the boogeyman and i was like oh no yeah yeah you got really concerned there uh although it seems like to some relief we're not getting him on this uh on this angle no he didn't debut until october ah yes we gotta get him we gotta hit during spooky month i appreciate it spooky spookies but after that we get uh the next the final match of the show Orlando Jordan versus Batista in a champion v champion match. Uh, make a note. I made a note that JBL with a real nice shiner coming out with Orlando. 
And basically, he gets on a mic to bitch about Batista making him lose to the to someone as shitty as the Blue Meanie. How dare you? And he complain and he talks about how he's he says he's beat everybody in the locker room, whether even even and even these Kennedy loving Democrats have to admit it. And at the Great American Bash is going to be the the match that should have been at WrestleMania, and I understood what that was after later in the match. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain mm. what he meant by that. But he's talking about how he is a wrestling god, and he is going to be uh, Batista. And I was like, cool, whatever. Shut the fuck up and go away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck JBL. Just that, yeah. that, that is my only comment here. Is just fuck JBL. He's just there rambling, and I'm just like. Cool. Okay. Cool. We done yet? Yeah. So, uh, as before Batista comes out, we get through some of the SmackDown plugs. And yes. No, they plugged War of the Worlds by Steven Spielberg. That was that'll be great. That'll be a great. Real, picked a real winner there. It was that'll Steven be a Spielberg's real successful War of the Worlds. Some some kind of like men's gray hair dye and Subway. Uh, just for men, just for men and Subway. Uh, beautiful combination i, I gotta I, say at least it wasn't the period this wasn't the period of time where they had jared from subway do the subway ads on on wwe tv oh no yeah he he appears on tv on raw at least once gotta love how just all the sex pests somehow end up on wwe tv Ugh, that is a that fucking is great magnet uh yeah I, uh, but you know, I, I'm just imagining this, this episode's perfect target demographic who the next day, the, that, the, the Saturday that follows SmackDown, he's fucking, he, he's, he's, he's up. He does his grocery shop in the morning where he, where he makes sure to pick up some just for men, takes it home. Then he goes out to, to eat for lunch. What does he eat? Some goddamn Subway. Subway. That's right. Like a patriotic American. And, and then, then that evening then, he goes and sees War of the Worlds. One ticket for what is sure to be the greatest movie of all time, Steven Spielberg's War of the World. And then he came the fuck out of that movie going, wait, they were the aliens were defeated with just the common cold? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so, Batista done come on out. Uh, uh, this is where I made note of the WrestleMania thing earlier, as Cole was talking about how we all thought that WrestleMania was going to be Batista versus JBL. And now I remember what happened. It's basically that Batista was on SmackDown at the time. And he was he won the Royal Rumble, which means he could challenge whoever he wanted for the world title. And Triple H, who was the other world champion at the time, was very much like trying to push him to challenge JBL. And in a super iconic moment, when the time comes to uh, choose who he's going to fight at WrestleMania, he picks Triple H and turns on him, and that basically dissolved Evolution. Yeah, which and, it's unfortunate. Seems like seems like some people kind of got screwed out of some things that they could have. Great story. That's a great storyline. The dissolution of Evolution. Wow. Okay. The dissolution <laughs> of Evolution. I yeah, love I that. Did not see how that coming out of my mouth as I was saying it, uh, but. After, but so that's what they're talking about here is they all kind of assumed that Batista, because he was in evolution, was not going to challenge his fellow stablemate for the world title. That he wouldn't do that. He was obviously going to go challenge JBL for the WWE title, but nope. And JBL just 
took and JBL said, and I took that personally. Well, yeah, he could have JBL could have been in the main event of WrestleMania losing to Batista, as opposed to being in the middle of WrestleMania losing to John Cena. Yeah, he fucking fucking JBL's on mic going, and trust me, this ain't sour grapes. But the fact that that Triple H was in the main event of WrestleMania and I wasn't makes me fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man, God. So the match is all right. Uh, I, it's a lot. Batista dominates most of it because Batista is about two levels above Orlando Jordan at bare minimum. Uh, I mean, Orlando so, seems like he's he's he, Orlando seems like he's talented at least but yeah right not, but not enough to stand up to batista really i have to say like um this was uh, really i i pointed out to you my fir- definitely my first time seeing batista in singles competition and i i gotta say like um i get why he had the appeal that he did and why he got to be the face of the company for a hot second he's clearly good he's clearly got some of that natural charisma um he also feels like the perfect face of the company for this era because like he's just this is gonna sound mean but he's just bland enough to be like <laughs> to, to to be like you know safe enough to put at the head of everything like we're not taking too many risks with this man again talented guy and you know, clearly, clearly charismatic. Clearly got some skills. I enjoy him in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, he he's he's clearly mm. good with his with with his words and his performances and his acting. But like, this is this is like he's he's definitely one of those dudes that feels like WWE champion, the WWE champion. Like it feels like he was genetically engineered to do this. Um, and it, the traits that were put in were like you know, got those got those decent mic skills can wrestle good uh big beefy boy yeah <laughs> i i wonder if that's kind of why cena ended up overtaking him is because cena had that more of an edge to him and was more interest dynamically interesting as a character than batista was as terms yeah. of the baby face i wonder if that's i wonder if that's obviously i don't know i wasn't there but yeah. i wonder if that i wonder if that played a part in it because i think that's definitely true that john cena until he cleaned up his whole act for the sake of being kid friendly definitely yeah. had something more had more going for him yeah, i mean batista he had a little did, more of even a, if batista was good a little more of a gimmick right and like okay. you know batista didn't get a chance to go outside of kind of that very safe zone um mm-hmm. so i so like and i, I don't like to blame him for this like i can see why like yeah. he was the face of the company at the time he was and i also see why he doesn't get talked about to the extent of like your Dwayne's and your john yeah he got he got overshadowed by john cena real quick did not take him long that it's what is unfortunate but you know he's got a pretty lucrative career working for the mcu now so i think he did pretty well yeah he did all right for himself uh but Batista is strong, and he kind of overpower. He mostly has to fight off JBL's interference. It's probably the biggest challenge for him during the match. And late in the match, Orlando Jordan bumps the ref, and JBL runs in and hits Batista square in the face with a chair. Dude, there's so much fucking JBL shenanigans this whole time. Every time, every time Orlando Jordan like got the ref's attention a little bit, JBL was just running in and, and causing shit. Just time after time after time and batista kept fucking weaseling out of it 
it just like just barely making it out of it. It, it kind of got repetitive after a hot second because it was just JPL fucks him up, uh, but but Batista survives it. Okay, let's do it again. It's probably for the best. The match only went about eight nine minutes. Yeah, yeah, that was about the most of it I could stand. I think. Yeah, but I, I will laugh though. Is after the chair bit. JBL runs and grabs the cup of water from the announce from one of the announcers and throws it in the ref's face to wake him up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's JBL's got like a fucking like Rube Goldberg machine going here, effectively. Mm. Where where uh, <laughs> um uh d- 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 yeah Orlando Jordan knocks him over and um was that was he did the chair then right yeah and that's then, like, the chair and then he then yeah, he it's got like the a per, it's like a perfect motion Orlando Jordan fucks up the ref uh JBL comes in with a chair slides the hot out of the ring just with perfect precision grabs a cup of water off a desk and just chucks it right in the ref's face and then immediately steps back hands up as if he's done fucking nothing I ain't done nothing <laughs> I ain't done jack shit the fluidity but, the style the grace gotta hand it to JBL that's some mm-hmm, top top tier heel shenanigans absolutely but batista kicks out of the oh, yeah, yeah. and so jordan distracts the ref again and jbl runs in to go for the clothesline from hell batista hits him back with his own with another clothes with a clothesline of his own batista hits the batista bomb for the win on orlando mm-hmm. jordan eat shit but then jbl runs in after the match hits the clothesline from hell and stands tall posing with the world title to end yep, the show. and yeah so like the show of course having its cake and eating it too with like D- batista gets the dub but we still end with the shot of j because because we can't have fucking orlando jordan beating batista but right, also so like he's gonna win but also like we still got to have like the bad guy standing tall at the end. So just like last second, one more heel shenanigans to knock down Drax the Destroyer for real this time. And JBL's there like, oh, I got the belt. Cool. I'm a win. I'm a, I'm a win. I'm sure that's definitely going to happen. So yeah, very eventful episode of SmackDown. I, I largely enjoyed it. Yeah, um, no. Again, this era, this is a this is a much less offensive version of what we had in the insane. Katie Vick era. Yeah, it feels like this is a ruthless aggression that's not necessarily trying to be as offensive. It's just going for crazy, absolutely yeah. insane shit going on at all times, and it makes it more fun that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we have set the stage for the Great American Bash. That for I will be watching, of course, that Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio again. If Eddie can finally get that dub, well, Ray's fucked. If Ray wins again, then Eddie super duper swears, no take backsies, that he isn't going to spoil, tell the secret. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Definitely no fingers crossed there. Yeah. I swear to God, we're going to like get, we're going to like come back from this and get a fucking like secret camera shot of Eddie Guerrero just like having his fingers crossed behind his back. I don't even know how that works. I'm pretty sure I saw both his hands in that promo. A Guerrero finds a way. Yeah, but that is for a later time. Next time uh, on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, we start a new arc. Oh, shit, buddy. It's time to go back to my uh, for entry point into wrestling 2012 Raw. Man, according to a lot of people, it's incredible that I stayed. Uh, but <laughs> we. So you said. We will go to 2012 Raw 
and it's time for the love square of our generation. Oh boy. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Kane. They're all trying to get the same girlfriend. And I mean, I guess they're also fighting over the WWE title or something. But mainly, <laughs> they're fighting over AJ Lee. And I'm, so... I'm real. I'm real. Uh, um, I, 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 I am intrigued. Because we have three of my faves all thrown into one. My ultimate big boy fave, CM Punk, versus... One of my one of my early faves for a early on for being a goober and now he's just fucking just one of the best wrestlers on the planet, Daniel Bryant and uh, Glenn Kane. Uh, man, I really wish he didn't come to separate that art a, from the uh, artist. Yeah, man, I wish he didn't spend his time moonlighting as a dipshit libertarian mayor, Jacobs, um, and AJ happy, Lee, who I know you love and who seems pretty dope. But yeah, Kane is a heck of a wrestler when he puts that mask on. When he puts that mask So we are we getting masked, Kane? Do we have yes, masks on? This is masked era. Thank Christ. Unmasked Kane makes me sad. Yep. So, but and that is that is for next time. We will start up that storyline. I'm super excited to revisit it all. Oh, God. Uh, but until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, friends. Thank you for joining us. And once again, another wonderful episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Returning listener, viewers, what have you. Thank you so much for being here. You know the drill. Thanks for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs. Thanks for having a great time with us. And please just keep coming back time after time after time. We love having you here. Newbies. Hey, how you doing? You don't know the drill. Thank you also for being here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to this whole crazy wrestling thing or a veteran of the wild, wacky world, either way, we hope you feel welcome here. We hope you had a great time here. We hope you would like to continue to keep coming back to have a great time with us time after time after time. If you would like to keep having a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure and turn a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Give us that sweet engagement. Uh, check out our playlist. Austin has been kind enough to organize all of the storylines and shit that we follow into their own separate playlist. So if there's something you want to follow all the way down, you don't want to do a whole lot of skipping around, you can check that out. It's really cool. And hey, on our recent episodes, you can see our beautiful, lovely faces and our, and our awesome new HUD and all the secret visual gags that we hide in here. It's a great time. Come check us out on the YouTube. But of course... We have so many friends here who are fans of the audio-only experience. We got some good shit for you, too. Audio-only fans, you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast. Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come check us out there. Uh, come give us a listen. Come give us a download. Give us a, a five-star rating and a nice little review if you're so inclined. Let people and let the algorithm know. These guys are pretty cool. and Maybe more people should be listening to them, checking them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Noobs the Knockouts podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Of course, past that, we have some good old social media for you to get in contact with us on. First of all, the big old mucho big boy of, uh, of our social media is our Twitter. We are at Noobs and Pod on Twitter. That's Noobs, the letter N, Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time. We do memes. We do discourse. We post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on at all times. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? 
right? As usual, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS is AEW Dynamite, the one wrestling show that me and David are both consistently going to watch live. Hell so yeah. at least one of us will be tweeting out, out, out about it pretty much every week. But in addition, I keep up with all the WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. So upcoming, uh, by the time this episode is dropped, we will have just finished SummerSlam. So oh, shit, I can't, buddy. I can't speak as to what's happened at SummerSlam, but it's the first pay-per-view run but with Triple H's create, head of creative. So I have high hopes, at least. Uh, but cool, cool shit. Next WWE show after that is on September 3rd at WWE Clash at the Castle. Oh, it, will be w, it will be WWE's first pay-per-view in the United Kingdom since the <gasps> 2003 Insurrection show and the first... Dece and the first decent WWE pay-per-view in the United Kingdom since 1992 SummerSlam. Uh, oh, the okay. The, in the insurrection shows were basically like, might as well have been house shows. Oh, yeah. Dear. Okay. Unfortunately. Summer, this is, Clash of the Castle is going to be a big deal, uh, mainly by its main event, where it will be either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Sorry. SummerSlam hasn't happened yet at time of recording. Mm -hmm. uh, versus Drew McIntyre for the Uno, for the Uwu Championship. All the hail the Uwu Championship! The undisputed WWE Universal title. Uh, so that's going to be pretty lit. God, I hope Drew beats Roman for the title right there. Eat Same shit and die! Here. Uh, it has been long enough. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely agree. So that's coming up on September 3rd. Uh, September 4th is AEW All Out. Hell yeah, brother. There is a match been made for that show, but my co-host hasn't watched Dynamite yet. So I'm a very busy man, okay? So I won't say anything about it. But it is Thank September you. 4th. But on September 4th, Labor Day weekend, that will be AEW All Out coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. And then, of course, for Impact Wrestling, their next card should be Bound for Glory coming up in late October based on the last four years. Uh, they haven't announced the date or date yet officially, but it would be I would be surprised if it's not if it doesn't come in late October. Uh, so that is what is upcoming for that. Hell yeah. Oh Hello. All right. Whoa yes. there. All right. Oh, oh, God. Glad that got, oh. glad that got made. Glad that made it. Recording. Oh God. Oh no. Oh jeez. Oh the 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 dignity. The uh the the uh uh fuck. The 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 sanctity of our podcast has been ruined by my. By my overactive nose. Oh dear. Uh, no, be sure to check all that out. It's a great time over on the Twitter. Uh, you know, if you like listening to us for some reason, ramble about wrestling here, it all kind of carries over on the Twitter. Our voices are quite distinct. Mm. Austin is a very intelligent human being who knows what the fuck he's talking about. I just meme it up, do my usual color commentary. It, either way, if you like either of us or both of us, you know, I'm sure you'll find something you like over on the Twitter. Come check it out there. Of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, there is our email address. We have an email address, guys. Noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you like about the show. What you don't like, give us requests for things you want to see on the show. Wrestling, media, companies, arcs, timelines, stories, 
fucking whatever. We we love it. Uh, come yell at us for our hot takes or tell them how absolutely red pilled and base they are. Uh, because you know we are the arbiters of of all the correct takes, as 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 I'm sure you're aware. Um, either way, um, we just love people saying hi. Come say hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And of course, finally, there is our Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. One dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out to our $1 or I guess $2 a month. He, he went a little overboard. Uh, friend of the show, patron Kyle Smith, the sugar daddy, uh, for his support. Enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to enjoy perks along with Kyle, check us out. Noobs and Knockouts podcast at uh, Patreon. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.